Attention! Welcome to the Film Mages Podcast, where the popcorn is our ammunition, the couch is our foxhole, and the cinema is our place of worship. Now let me see your war face! Ah! Uh, good morning, Zach. Good morning, Alexis. Yeah. How, how are we doing? How are we doing? This is, uh, this is, in case you don't know, you're listening to an episode of The Film Majors. We are finally entering Christmas season. How is everyone doing today? Well, I'm fabulous. I hope everyone had a lovely Black Friday. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Did, did anyone do any shopping? You know me. I just love holidays and shopping. That is actually not a lie. I do love shopping, but not Black Friday. So you do love shopping. <laughs> you also love a good. You also love a good bargain. I do love a good deal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we uh, we got out to your neck of the woods, Nick, uh, between the last podcast and today. We uh, we, oh. we knocked on your parents' door, but they weren't home. Are you? Are you? Wait, really? Well, we we were at the aquarium, and we felt like we needed to do a drive by. <laughs> Wow, well that's that's fantastic, Zach. What was the uh, what, what was the uh, the coast like? What'd you do other than the aquarium? Uh, well, we uh, we stopped at the fish market on the end of the bridge there and picked up some fresh fish and brought it back to Eugene and had a lovely oh, dinner with nice. with my brother Edwin, and my my love my lovely father and his wonderful bride. Hey, what the hell is oh. going on? There's been a, a crime committed on this podcast. My my father has taken my spot and is impersonating me. Get the hell out of the chair. Oh, man. Get out of the chair. Oh, no. Jesus. I thought that was Zach. That's so strange. Didn't even finish God. the movie. All right. Bye, everybody. Wow. Get out of Goodbye. here. Jesus. You guys have a lovely day. All right. Okay. You oh, too. Go from me. Thank you, Mr. Harris. Be gone from That's me, Bile Man. I, I'll be honest with you. I could not tell a difference. I thought that was... You know, you. Strangely enough, you guys have the exact same cadence in the way that you guys speak sometimes. Yeah. Like when you're speaking nice and, you know, softly, which isn't, you know, I'll I'll, I'll give you that often. That's a rare occurrence. Um, <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> rare. If, but that, if that was when you do, it'd still be bleeding. It is in that rhythm. So, you know, oh I, I was so I was fooled. I was bamboozled. You were bamboozled. Yeah. You know, it's nice to, you know, have someone who sounds and looks so similar to me, but is old because it's like having my own like walking portrait of Dorian Gray. Um, yeah. He ages for me. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but uh, it's that distinct uh, Greek Canadian liberal Eugene cadence sure that you guys yeah have. that's a that's, that's a, exactly that's what an accent uh, that's, that's exactly <laughs> an accent well what's going on you two how was your how was your thanksgiving holiday what'd you get up oh to? well thanks well thanksgiving that happened whew, well over a week ago now sure was. I, I definitely wasn't fun. yesterday <laughs> uh i had a good time um I hung out with uh, with my lovely girlfriend, and we went to one of her friends' place. We had a nice friendsgiving, nice. and uh, I challenged myself. I, I pride myself in my ability to make like garlic mashed potatoes and gravy, but my partner's vegan, so I've never had to do it vegan before. Uh, so I was a little worried, but it ended up being pretty darn good. So I'm I'm happy that you can still make like a, a good mashed potatoes and gravy and not have like any animal products in it. Nice. It can be done. 
Yeah, my uh, my dad's been making a mushroom gravy for a long time. That's, that's what I made. It's so good. Yeah. That's like I I don't yeah. think his version's vegan because it probably has butter in it. But I think he has made right. a vegan version. It's quite yeah. tasty. Um, yeah, it, mushroom gravy is my favorite. Uh, Alexis, how was your how was your holiday? Oh, you know me. I love holidays like Thanksgiving. They bring me a lot of peace and joy into my life. Why are you crossing your fingers? She also loves a good bargain. <laughs> yeah, I do. I just yeah, I love I love this season. Um. Jesus. <laughs> Alexis, I hope you know this is going to be a running bit through this whole episode where I'm just going to say, and Alexis loves a good bargain. Why? <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, it was it was good. Uh, you know, there was no no snafus. Um, me and my sisters, we like prepared the. I say that liberally, like really. I like chopped a celery, a few pieces of celery, and that was kind of my contribution to the turkey because I really. I kind of fucking hate turkey. Uh, so, um, you know, huh. I used to feel that way, but I've, I've beginning to realize that actually, like if you cook it properly, like in other words, if you don't like dry it out, it is more edible. It's not yeah. a great meat, but like that's doesn't it win is me over so dry. My sister usually. So like last year, my middle sister cooked it and uh, it was a little it was dry. But usually our Mm -hmm. oldest sister for the last 20 years, she's been doing Thanksgiving. And like whenever she cooks it, it's usually pretty moist. But in general, I think I just hate the holiday and therefore hate the turkey by default. Wow. Um, Mm. Don't let listen. (laughs) Don't let your hatred of what Thanksgiving is uh, about ruin a day to, you know, eat a whole bunch of food. That's uh well first of all I would never let my hatred for a holiday get in the way of me eating a shit ton of food because well, good, believe good. me I had <laughs> well here's the thing is that like for our Thanksgiving we always have like because the kids always want like chips and dip so we always have chips and dip but my dad always makes a shit ton of salsa so like I literally load up on like chips and salsa like pretty early in the day and then I just start drinking so then like <laughs> by the time you get to like Thanksgiving like lunch we usually do lunch. Um, I'm already mostly full. So like I only take like a little bit of turkey, some mashed potatoes and then some green beans or whatever. My mom made like the seven layer dip this year and she made like four pies. Mm. <laughs> wow. What kind of pies? She made a pecan praline and then she made two pumpkin and then she made a blueberry cheesecake. They were all wow, very delicious, delicious, to be honest. They were all very good. and buy. Seek and buy. And then I made a cranberry rosemary um, holiday cocktail. It was very good. Ooh, yeah. Ooh nice. I, uh, Sounds good. I made Mr. Mick Munya's famous uh, wassail recipe. Uh, oh, I did oh, too. How did it turn out? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it turned out great for me. Yeah. Did you use yeah. brandy or, or whiskey? Uh, I think I used bourbon. Um Oh, bourbon. Okay. Yeah, I think nice. that was what was purchased. Yeah. Um, but, I actually didn't uh, use any alcohol. <laughs> wow, Alexis, throwing wow, throwing disrespect on the Munyai name by not getting. Well, it. I wanted the me and my sister were kind of the only people that were drinking, and we very much wanted the cocktails. Um, sure, so I was making sure. us gin cocktails. Like I was like shaking them up and everything. Um, and you know the kids, the kids all really like the wassail, so they. And right. my sister were they were all having the muscle. Nice. 
Nice. Excellent. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, yeah, my holiday was overall pretty good, except it was, like, interrupted by me having to watch a really shit movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I am quite excited to talk about but this movie with you guys. Before we get into our big topic, our first film of this new month, I would like to uh, talk a little bit about the other movie that I saw, because I did watch one movie uh, on Wednesday. Um Oh, what was it? Nora Ephron's Julie and Julia. Um, oh, I enjoy that movie. Yeah. I enjoy half the movie. I, actually, um, I should say. I love Nora Ephron. I think that, like, very few people are as good at writing, like, romantic comedies as she was. Um, mm-hmm. But I think Julie and Julia kind of suffers in the department in which she usually really excels, um, which is building a strong central relationship, even if the characters don't necessarily meet. Um, I do feel like a level of connection between, you know, the two title characters, despite the fact that they never meet, which is kind of the the trick that she pulls in Sleepless in Seattle. Um but it doesn't quite feel as strong because they're not, like, on a collision course in the same way. Um, yeah, it's literally different timelines. Yeah, they're, they're never going to meet. Um, but, you know, I, I think she does, like, a decent job of, like, communicating kind of the, like, spiritual connection between the two. But I don't buy either of the, like, current timeline relationships in that movie. Um, yeah, I agree. I feel like Meryl, Meryl Streep is playing like a cartoon, and I know that that's how Julia Child like was publicly, but like I feel like she doesn't have like a lot of depth to her. Um, mm. And then uh, Chris Messina is simply too boring to be an interesting partner. No, no offense to Chris Messina, who's very good in air this year, but his character, uh, you know, very dull and not a good partner to Amy Adams. Um when, so it's kind of when I watch when I watch Julie and Julia Christmas Cena, I always get him confused with the really dull boyfriend from Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> like they're inter they're interchangeable in my head. Nope. They're they are they're both dull and they look similar. And that's Meryl true. Streep is in both of those films. <laughs> and I get those confused. Adrian is from one of my favorite movies from the turn of the century, Drive Me Crazy, which I made you watch too, Mick. So, at the very least, you... you... Oh, God damn it. Wait, what's it about? Um, it's a high school movie, and uh, this girl who was the original Sabrina the Teenage Witch from, like, the 90s. Um, oh, okay. She loses her date to this dance and ends up fake dating her neighbor who used to be her friend when she was younger and then surprise surprise they fall in love no i don't buy it i don't think that's what happens that doesn't it's one of my favorite movies i fucking love that movie that's not ringing a bell huh you're fired great uh but julia and julia i've always maintained should have just been the julia child's like storyline i don't i don't enjoy the amy adams storyline that much i'm like this look you have stanley tucci you have meryl streep just that that's let great. him cook and then yeah let him cook because honestly i think that would have helped form a better like central uh like emotional spine to it instead of having to juggle both isn't of it, them because it's isn't like isn't it based on a book though yes it is 
It is, um, but but you can you can you, know. you can get a little loosey goosey with it. I, I don't yeah. know. I like again. I I generally liked the movie. You know, like yeah. I feel like a Nora Ephron movie could only be so bad. Um, and like you know, as someone who enjoys cooking, loved all of that. Uh, it still does have like some classic Nora staples of like really kind of fast paced dialogue, uh, delightful scenes of ladies getting together over cocktails and uh, talking about their lives. Um, right. But, you know, I, yeah, I just feel like that kind of central emotional spine of the movie that she is usually very good at. um <coughs> cultivating just wasn't quite there so a little disappointed but still glad to have seen it you know it's it's the, the leaves are changing it's it's nice and crisp and chilly up here in Oregon and you know it's it's Nora season so it was uh, it is Nora season it, it is it is her time so it was nice yeah. to it was nice to watch a Nora Afron movie nice um I watched a new release uh, on few well, a few days ago. What you see? Um, I watched Ridley Scott's Napoleon. Ah. Um, I did. I I uh, I went to the Vista Theater in Los Feliz, which has just recently reopened. Uh, one of our favorite guests uh, that is on the show quite often. He he purchased it. It's renovated. So I got to saw. Uh, uh, I got to see Napoleon on seventy millimeter, which it was shot on digital, but seeing it projected on seventy millimeter was really really great. Um, and I quite liked it, but I can see why it is divisive. I can see why a lot of people are like, I don't like this movie. A late career um, Ridley Scott movie divisive? Surely not. I know. It's, it's strange. Um, but, uh, first of all, I, I'm going to say something that a lot of people have been saying. The battle sequences are, um... Honestly, I think some of the best put to screen in recent memory. Um, Ridley Scott, obviously, he's the master of this. He's done it so many times. You know, he did Gladiator, Robin Hood, Kingdom of Heaven. He just did Duel. So when it comes to epic, sweeping shots of, of period battles and stuff like that, he's he's one of the masters of it. And he shows that he still has his game here. Uh, really, really good. Um I think Joaquin Phoenix is fantastic. Vanessa Kirby really came in strong. Um, but this is not like I thought this was going to be a character study and it's more of a caricature. It's like it's it's a funny film. Uh, and it's it changes tone. It goes from being funny to then like ultra serious in a battle. And I'm still kind of like unsure how I felt about the tonal shifts and if it was that graceful, um, I kind of want to rewatch it. Uh, but I did enjoy it. I, I had a really, really good time. And you have to see this, folks, on the biggest screen you can. Don't watch it on Apple TV. But I do. I strangely I have to give Apple credit because they gave Ridley Scott what seems to be a huge budget for this. It looks fantastic. It's a beautiful film. Lovely, uh, Alexis. Am I right in saying that you have also yeah, seen did you also Ridley see Scott's Napoleon? I did. I saw it on Tuesday night in IMAX. Um, what do you think? What do you think? Uh, you're right. The battle, the battle scenes are pretty crazy. Like 
the the very first shot of a fucking horse getting its chest taken out i literally turned to my friend and was just like i like my mouth was just like jaw dropped open i was like what the fuck (laughs) yeah um it is pretty funny there was this um towards i think like maybe the second second like the second last third of the movie there was i guess whoever was the new king after napoleon had to abdicate you know being emperor spoiler alert for anyone born within the last 500 like 200 years <laughs> um and uh this guy is like eating and he you know, he's he's a larger man and he's eating and so like his neck is kind of not really it's not really there. I don't know if it exists, um, but he's like doing this thing that's just like, like as he eats, he's doing this like, <laughs> and then he yeah, goes, but- and then he goes, you may speak like to his like servant or whatever. He's yeah. like, he's like nibbling on something. And then he just stops and he goes, you may speak. And I literally turned to my friend and I just went. <laughs> What's funny is we're the, the worst. We're smacking. the worst people in the theater. <laughs> that's that's Alexis. That is not the only lip smacking that happens in this film. Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything, but you remember what Joaquin Phoenix does to uh, Josephine when he wants uh, sex? Oh my god! In the f- Ugh. He- Ugh. <laughs> Uh, I laughed so hard uh, and they do it multiple times I did not laugh I did not laugh because just it was so ridiculous uh, 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 what is it the big ick oh like uh napoleon just the big (laughs) big ick that man was like a rutting fucking dog uh he the movie lost like half a point just because I had to watch him like go to town like three different times where he's just like jackrabbiting off on this poor woman's behind. And I was just like, <laughs> I hate this. Yeah. You guys are selling this movie this? to me so hard. Uh, yeah, Zach, I think you're going to like it. Honestly, I, this yeah, sounds I think like, like it. I, I get the sense that I, in fact, might like this movie the most out of anyone on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, so, I, I, did I, see I did quite like it. Yeah, I, I, I liked it. Um, which one called? I did see it at ten twenty five at night, Ooh. and so I did not Ooh. get out until like one fifteen in the morning. And, and you had to let see me tell you, you having to sit to. through that much war was very tiring. I was already tired, and sitting through that yeah. much war is exhausting. So, like about halfway through, I started like yawning. Um, I wouldn't say that it's all the movie, but I wouldn't say that like the movie's like the most personally compelling thing for me. So, All right. well, yeah, it, it does kind of keep, I, don't, I guess I don't want to go into it too much because you haven't seen it, Zach, but uh, it does kind of keep like the characters at an arm's length. Right. Yeah. At least that's what it felt for me. Like you never really get to know these people, but again, I it's more, it feels like more of a caricature. Do really enjoy the comedy of um, like him with, like when he has to like run out of the building because these guys the are mob. like chasing, yeah, yeah. kind of like chasing him, and then like he has to shut the door and he they're like just slapping each other practically. I know he's, he's slapping he's the like people. Slapping like this 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 brigadier general is fucking slapping the fuck out of their hands. You yeah. know that shit was hilarious. There's Seeing everything that came up in the newspapers, like all the chisme about him and his wife, I love. I know that. the headlines made me laugh. 
The headlines did yeah. make me laugh. You'll love the opening shot of like the guillotine and who they are killing at the very beginning. You'll love that, Zach. It's Mon very, Dieu. you know, eat the re- eat the rich and shit. So c'est bon. And then Alexis, <laughs> uh, did you appreciate that lovely song that they put in the film when Josephine and Napoleon are like first really getting to know each other? Oh my god! I was like. Who put this yeah. in? I know. <laughs> and, and it came back like multiple times. I was just like, what is happening here? It's it's one of the songs from uh, Pride and Prejudice. It's, yeah, it's like one of the main themes from Pride and Prejudice. Oh, yeah. Okay. I thought and it I was, was like, the film. They, did they secure the rights to this? What is this? <laughs> yeah, it was strange. I thought it was going to yeah, be like, I really you just trouble. Then you came to the right place. It, uh, I'll, I'll be honest, because I've seen Pride and Prejudice like, dozens of times it really threw me for a loop because i was just like i think i i was so taken out of the movie by the by the music because all i could see was the opening shots of pride and prejudice and then all i could think about was how did they secure the rights to this why did they secure the rights to this why did they specifically choose this iconic (laughs) like it really took me out of it (laughs) would have completely gone over my head uh, but yeah, you know, no, it I've was, only it seen was Pride and Prejudice me. once, so you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, you're not talking to is, an expert like Alexis. Uh, it is kind of absurdist. It's an absurdist film. Yeah, I definitely, yeah. definitely recommend. Yeah. yeah. Well, I will definitely be checking that out sometime in the next few weeks because you know our uh, our best of 2023 and, episodes right around the corner. I gotta and, gotta get my ducks in a row. Mick is also right. You, If you do want to see the movie, you should endeavor to see it on as big a screen as possible because I, for one, am not, like, a huge, huge war, like, movie person. Like, but there's just something about seeing that on a really big screen that is really impressive, like, logistically. Like, you know, because, like, yeah. you know, having worked in film, you're just like, oh, there was somebody doing a wet down. <laughs> You know, on like all these yeah, different shots and stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's very impressive. So yeah, you don't you don't get movies like this anymore, really. Lovely. So it's it's worth watching on on a big screen for sure. Excellent. Well, I will definitely be checking that out. Uh, any other films? Anybody? Mick, Alexis, yes. Alexis, Mick, no. Alexis, yes. Alexis. Who would you see? I see some well, noodles in your mouth. What What do you see? What did you see? Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> I was eating Listen, a large part of why my father Took the beginning of this podcast Was so I could finish eating a bagel Yeah, I uh, I woke up at my sister's house At like 7am And like came home And started the movie And then was like I really need to eat Or I'm gonna be quanky um, <laughs> You just uh, say yeah, quanky? I did say quanky um, She will quanky So I watched, let's see here, I watched The Land Before Time, The Night Before Thanksgiving. Um, It was really precious because it was me in the middle in bed with my sister and my eight-year-old nephew on either side of me. And the first, within the first 10 minutes, because the movie's only like, I want to say like an hour and 10 minutes long. Um... Like the first 10 minutes, you know, something very heartbreaking happens. The mother dies and it and you could just hear all three of us sniffling so hard. And it was Jackson's (laughs) first time watching it. So and he was so distraught. He was just like, 
why'd she die? What happened to her? <laughs> and we were like, it's okay. Um, anyways, I think that that movie is a fucking masterpiece. And I literally, like, while I was watching, I was like, this movie is a fucking masterpiece. I fucking love it. Um, and then for Thanksgiving, we were trying to f- kind of figure out, like, what movie should we throw on? And then I was like, just throw on the fucking first Hunger Games. We've we've all been wanting to rewatch it since we've all seen the new one. Um, you know, like my my older nephew and my older nephews and one of their girlfriends and then me and Natalie. We've all seen the new movie, so we were like, we really want to rewatch the <clears throat> the old series. And so we threw on the first one, and <laughs> we ended up watching all four movies. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. Which one was oh, the yeah. best? Which one is the best? Uh, I think Catching Fire is the best one. Uh, So that's the second one in the series. I just think that, like, as far as stakes go and, like, caring about certain things, like, I think that that one's the most concise, like, storyline. It has the most, like, momentum, like, beginning to end. I feel like the first movie has to, like, set up a lot of things and kind of explore specifically the relationship between Katniss and Peeta. And so, I mean, like, of course I love that one, but I think that Catching Fire is the most exciting one because of the way that the arena is laid out and then the intrigue of, like, all these scenes that are happening behind Katniss and especially when you know what's going on, like, having watched them having watched them already and knowing that certain things are going on in the background that Katniss doesn't know about, like there's, there's an added layer to something. Um, whereas, you know, obviously the third movie is kind of just (laughs) the lull before the storm. And the fourth movie is just kind of them in a bunch of really fucking dangerous situations throughout the Capitol. I think that catching fire has the most like heart and thought in it. I would say. Yeah, I remember Ooh. seeing that movie and because the first Hunger Games, in my view, at least like directorially, is not very yeah. good. Um, it's I agree. Uh, suffering from the post uh, Jason Bourne like shaky cam thing. Um, Ugh, it's awful. And the it's second so movie really like one. steps it up in craft. And I remember like noticing that and being like, oh, wow, this movie looks good. I, um, I think For me, the first movie is just more of like the emotional backbone that is laid for you to understand the characters for the rest of the series. Yeah, performance wise, that movie still, you know, holds up as good. Maybe I should finish that series at some point. I uh, at least my my memory of uh, Mockingjay Part One from when it came out when I was like 14, 15, I was like, nothing fucking happens in this movie. I also didn't really like the book when I read it. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Maybe someday. Uh, maybe oh. maybe after we watch Twilight again. Yeah. So you know how there's <laughs> yeah, like brother. the whole like team Jacob, team Edward thing in Twilight. Well, me and my nephew, Nikki, were arguing because he was like, you know, she's just she's just a tease. You know, she should have just been with Gail. Like he did all these things for you. And I was like, fuck you. Fuck Gail. You've never seen the last movie, Zach. So you don't know why Gail. I do know why I read the book. Oh, you, you read the book, huh? Yeah, I read the books when they were coming out. Yeah. Fuck Anyways, Gail. That fuck dude did Gail. a genocide. Fuck that dude. Yeah, exactly. Fuck that guy. My nephew's wrong, and we were arguing about it for, like, two whole movies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, listen, he's a cutie, but he's a cutie in a very bland way, because he's, like, the lesser Hemsworth. 
Um, yeah. yeah, he's he's the discount Hemsworth. Yeah, he's uh, as you like to say, Zach, the wrong brother died. <laughs> wrong kid died. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, as uh, my friend and co-host of the Perchcast would say, he's free and reduced lunch, Chris Hemsworth. Um, oh, man. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> um, well, do we have anything else? Any other, uh, any other films? All right, well, then let's hop the fuck out of what's going on. Oh, God. I'm like, do you, do you hear those sleigh bells jingling? They are slaying. Oh my god. A chill's running down my spine. Something's coming down my chimney. It's a cursed Christmas! <laughs> Welcome to hell. That's right, everyone. For our last three episodes of the year. <laughs> We're doing what? How was that for you guys? Uh, just watching Alexis masticate the whole time on her noodles while you're doing that bit was probably my favorite part. <laughs> yeah, Alexis. Yeah, dudes. I can see like the like light disgust on Nick's face. Alexis, are you Alexis. having? You are having ramen for breakfast, right? <laughs> Hell yeah, I am. That's the only thing I could figure out how to make in under five minutes. I literally, I, I microwaved some Hawaiian rolls with some butter. Sad. Uh-oh, she's choking. Well, well, Alexis choked oh, today. She's actually um, choking. Are you okay, Alexis? Oh, is she going to die? Is Alexis going to die no, on camera? I, inhale, Live on the- I inhaled What's a piece happened? of noodle. Noodle went down the wrong pipe. Breathing and eating should be a separate thing. I've learned that the hard way many times. Yeah, well, you know, I was doing fine when no one was talking to me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Alexis, I have really bad news for you about the central conceit of a podcast. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It is, in fact, not just a visual medium. As I was saying... This is a cursed Christmas. We are talking about Christmas films, which give us the big ick yes. around the holiday season. As you said, Zach, on the last episode, these are not Christmas horror films, but Christmas films that horrify us. Yes. Uh, and for our first big topic of our last month of 2023, we've almost done it, guys. We've almost made it through an actual full calendar year. Wow. Wow. Uh, this is one We're of the greatest about, achievements of my life, by the way. Yeah, we really have Bar just none. fucking stuck to this thing. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> we're talking about odd career moves from popular and established actors. Yeah, yeah b- bizarre, odd career moves for sure. Um, does anyone have any like ideas they want to rattle off first? I have a few. I actually have quite I've a few. I've got one. I've got one. Okay. Bill Murray is Garfield. Oh, yeah. This is an odd career move with a uh, very funny reason behind it. So as we all know, Bill Murray voiced uh, CGI Garfield in the live action Garfield movies. The reason that he did this was because the director, I believe, was named Joel Cohen. uh, And he was like, oh, one of the Cohen brothers Cohen is directing brothers. Garfield. <laughs> really? 
Oh, that's interesting. I'd oh, like to no. work with the Cohen brothers. Wrong Joel Cohen, buddy. It was oh, no. Joel Cohen with an H. Oh, no, so that is C-O-H-E-N, how... not C-O-E-N. <laughs> yeah, no. So that's how Bill Murray ended up voicing Garfield. <laughs> the ink had dried on the contract. It was too late. Yeah. No, no, no. Wait, 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 wow. wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's fascinating. Yeah. That does yeah, explain that's why. Because that's a... Yeah. I haven't seen it, but I know that's notorious for just like a like oh, buddy, don't worry. You live with performance from Bill Murray. You live with you live with Jacoby Luke now. You will be watching Garfield. Oh my god, that's awful. Yep. Um, well, if we're talking about strange perform, well, just like a strange choice for an actor to do when it comes to voicing a character. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen 1989's Look Who's Talking. Uh, no, but I am familiar with, with it. With Bruce Willis, I've seen that movie a couple times. Bruce Willis voicing the the inner the monologue baby. of an infant. Why did I think that was John Travolta? <laughs> John Travolta's the he's dad. the main character. No, he's not the dad. Isn't he? I thought he voiced no. the baby. That, no, I think <clears throat> no. So it, John Travolta is actually so the mother. Has an affair. See, I know. I know, guys. The mother has an affair with her boss, and the boss is the father of her baby. And then I think she's, like, taking a cab or something. She meets John Travolta somehow, and then he becomes, like, linked to her family in this, like, weird way. But then they end up falling in love, and he ends up, you know, obviously, I think he becomes, like, he starts babysitting her kid. Bruce Willis. And then, like, they end up, like, falling. Yeah, Bruce Willis. So it's John Travolta and Bruce Willis. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so so technically he does become the dad at the end, but he's not actually the father. Oh, okay, so he ends up becoming, like, the stepdad. He's the nice. Yeah. He, okay, he's the dad gotcha. who stepped up. And then they have a, another kid together, and that's how you get Look Who's Talking, talking too. too. Yes. And then there's Look Who's Talking Now, the third one, which is about the dogs talking. Oh my god. Hey. Oh, wow. God. Wow. The, I, really I saw this all when I was like really expert. young. Yeah, wow. are we okay? <laughs> I was very young. <laughs> if we, you know, if we get a Patreon going next year, let's make it a goal that we all talk about the Look Who's Talking franchise. Oh my god. <laughs> the, the movie literally starts with Bruce Willis voicing the sperm that wins. It, the movie that while the opening credits are rolling, you're following this sperm, and you just hear it's Bruce Willis being like, "Boy, this is wow, this is really hard. Wow, where are we going? Oh, wow, look at all this stuff. <laughs> it's like so weird." And then you like the baby's formed, and then you're being born. The camera's going through the birthing canal. So it's an again odd film. along along with um, the Green Knight and Don't Breathe and Ichi the Killer. Uh, Look Who's Talking can go on the list of movies with plot important on-screen cum. This is a movie that is that is started with ejaculate. Begins with a cum shot. Yeah. Uh, still not as good as Ichi the Killer, which, again, the title does appear out of a puddle. Uh, Gross. That's a good movie. It's fun. Um, well... Why did we so look who's talking is your choice? I have, just multiple, I have multiple uh, choices here. Alexis, do you have any that you want to mention before I rattle off a few more? No, I could not think of any. I don't think it's weird 
that anybody does any movies usually. <laughs> you might say one that might like jog my memory, but I legitimately couldn't think of anything. Okay. I was like, no, I guess that makes sense. Well, you know, it's funny. We were talking about John Travolta and I could think of a lot of examples of like, that's a strange choice. But after a certain point, you just realize that most of John Travolta's like John Travolta's career is made up of strange choices. Yeah, exactly. Um, But a movie that I saw when I was a kid that I that still kind of haunts me to this day is um, a little bit of backstory. So the Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito teamed up for twins and it was like this comedy that was really, really popular. And, uh, it's a, there's a famous story about how they kind of manipulated the contract. So they got a lot on the back end, which is how big reason why Danny DeVito on Schwarzenegger got, you know, so rich. Then they decided to try to, uh, recreate that magic by, uh, co-starring in another comedy in the nineties called junior. Where oh boy. Arnold Schwarzenegger gets pregnant and Danny DeVito is his best friend. And the whole movie is about Arnold Schwarzenegger learning learning the the trials and tribulations that a woman has to go through through pregnancy because he gets scientifically through a procedure, he gets implanted. Through a procedure with a, called Danny DeVito has sex with you. That oh, that might be a deleted scene, but uh, yeah, it's a movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger gets pregnant, Um, and it's it is an odd, odd, bizarre choice for him to do that film. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but you know, I can't say that I recommend it. But that's a weird one. And then my final one that I have, I have to give a shout out to. I have not seen this film because it is infamous, but 2003's Tiptoes. Starring Gary Oldman (laughs) and Matthew McConaughey, where Gary Oldman plays a little person. And through most of the film, he's doing that kind of like vaudevillian thing where he's just standing on his knees, but they put shoes on where his knees end. So he's just kind of standing there. Well, he's I guess he's kneeling there, but he's supposed to be a little person. And the most egregious thing about this is that Peter Dinklage is also in the film. So I just feel like not only is that like a uh, tasteless career move, but just like that's so bizarre, Gary Oldman. Like this was kind of during that phase of like the 90s and early 2000s where everyone was trying to compete for like who can play a part that is... um, hindered in some way or another like uh uh, sean penn playing that mentally handicapped person and like something i am sam i am sam i am sam yeah Yeah, that's another bizarre choice but i i i I have i have a i have a confession corner confession corner let's do it confess to your sins i loved i am sam as a child really love that movie (laughs) that's a film right oh my god is it I, is it? I, well, I might be wrong. Hold on. I thought it was. Fact check yourself. Yeah, I'm gonna. Then, 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 then this correction corner's turned even worse. Uh, <laughs> it is not a Woody Allen film. Correction corner on this confession corner. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just that, like, you know, at that age that I was when I first watched the movie, which was probably about like, if it came out in 2001, right? Correct. 2003, maybe. 
2001. Yeah, I would have been like pretty, like maybe seven. So I just really liked the movie because it was about like a dad and like him trying his best. And, you know, obviously, like I didn't understand until like later on, like, oh, yeah, we shouldn't really be having like abled people play somebody disabled um, in that like that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Do you guys remember the movie? Was it dead? Oh, no, not the ringers with Johnny Knoxville. Uh, No. Is that the one where he also plays a handicapped person, mentally handicapped person? Yeah. Okay, I've seen clips of it. There's a friend I have that is always sending me. I think I clips saw it in theaters. Film, weirdly. And uh, here's the thing: not a weird career choice because it's yeah, Johnny Knox. Exactly. No, that's <laughs> yeah, that's that par for the sense. course. That's a that normal career right. move. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> there's always like these things where I'm like, that's a weird. That's not something that I would choose, but that makes sense for you. Right. Like, yeah. That makes in your head. I can see how that made sense. Well, that's another thing. I was thinking of like Nick Cage films. I was like, these are a lot of bizarre choices, but for him, it isn't. Yeah. So it's not yeah. a bizarre it's, career. That's move. just a man yeah. building a body of work. It, that's just letting um, the man cook. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I have one final one that also comes along with a story. OK. Um, and th this is not a film that I've seen. But this is Sylvester Stallone in Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Uh, okay. So during the, you know, late 80s, early 90s, Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger were kind of in a competition at the box office to see who was Hollywood's most bankable leading man. Wait, is this um, his answer to Kindergarten Cop? Yes. So oh, wow. Schwarzenegger okay. pivots into comedy with Kindergarten Cop and makes a whole like boatload of money. I think that's maybe the highest grossing movie of that year. Um, and simpler times, baby. Stallone. Stallone is like, yo, I got, I got to get into comedy now. I got, I got so many, so many old comedies now. Um, so he goes to his agent. and He's like, find a comedy script. I'm, I'm looking for comedies. Schwarzenegger hears about this and is like, I'm going to practice the art of war um, and tells his agent, find to be the worst script, comedy script in Hollywood. Um, and his agent finds the script for Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. And Schwarzenegger goes, put it around the trades that I'm going to be in this film. Uh, so he pretends to be incredibly interested in the script for Stopper My Mom Will Shoot, and Stallone hears about this and goes to his agent and he goes, I have to be in this movie, we gotta take it from Schwarzenegger. So Schwarzenegger tricks Sylvester Stallone into being in what is widely considered to be the worst movie of his career and one of the worst films ever made. Uh, it is a wow. movie where he appears in a diaper with a gun. Um, just humiliating stuff. And it's because he got absolutely outfoxed by Arnold Schwarzenegger. He got bamboozled. That's like that meme where it's like, oh, come on, bro. It's just a prank. The prank. Yeah, Stop or my mom will shoot. That's, that's the kind of diabolical shit that makes you governor. Yes. God, speaking of weird career choices, you could just put you could just put movie. What is it? Movie 43. Yeah, that whole film is just bizarre career 
choices for everyone involved. Yeah, that has to be like some weird contractual thing that everybody in that oh, movie yeah. got no, trapped I've heard into. stories about how that was actually almost there's like a fucking con. Yeah, it was like it was almost like a it's like a get rich quick scheme that they bamboozled all these famous actors into. It's a producer um, situation. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, Alexis, you were talking about a film about a dad just trying his best. And I think that's a pretty good segue into the film that we uh, are having bring us into, Curse Christmas. And um, that's right. So I think we should just step into it if, uh, if there's any objections. Sure, let's um, fucking step into this pile let's, of shit. Let's step into this pile of yellow snow. Uh, today, we are talking about the family classic, Jack Frost, from 1998, um, directed by the uh, wonderful Troy Miller, who's done <laughs> movies, I guess. Um, so, Google describes uh, Jack Frost as a touring musician clinging to dreams of stardom, aging rocker Jack Frost, played by Michael Keaton, never had much time for his wife, Gabby, and young son, Charlie. A year after Jack's tragic death in a car accident on Christmas Day, Charlie plays a mournful tune on his father's harmonica. Much to his surprise, the elder Frost is magically brought to life as a snowman on the family lawn. Given a second chance, Charlie and Jack struggle to make up for this is the longest time. fucking Google description ever. It's almost oh as long God. as the film. Oh, fuck. So the um, reason we're talking about strange, bizarre career moves for established stars <laughs> is this, as in that description, Michael Keaton plays Jack Frost, who turns into a snowman. This movie uh, came out. This movie came out fucking like. Seven years, six or seven years after Batman Returns. Yeah. He was like Batman recently in proximity to this movie. Yeah. It, this Where is the a, fuck did the time go? It, it is uh, It is pretty... Honestly, this is a movie. Um, I'm not going to say it's a bad film, but it is an awful film. It was... <laughs> this was... <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry, but when... Alexis, Alexis, what did you... What yeah, did Alexis, you, what did you think of Have Jack Have you Frost? seen this fucking thing before? Yeah, I definitely... Oh my god, stop it. Oh, sorry. Hey, drop it. Sorry. She's trying to take off with my slipper. Bitch. Um... <laughs> uh... Yeah, I saw this as a kid, so that's... That's it. Yeah, I saw it as a kid. Uh, I gen like generally kind of remembered what happened. Um, I definitely didn't remember his rendition of Frosty the Snowman at the beginning, which Ugh. I'll be totally honest. I was kind of like, I, I kind of like it. Wow. She would have been in the front row at that concert. Oh, my God. I was like, damn, that girl can really play her fiddle. What's up? You know, I'm just a sucker for a harmonica, you know? Wow. Um, Jesus. Wow. <laughs> this might be the most controversial thing you've ever said yeah. on this podcast. Harmonicas, fiddles, and banjos. If you've seen Jack Frost, you know. 
Um, yeah, you know what was really funny too was that like when the movie ended, my mom came over and she was just like, "Oh, you finished the movie already?" And I was like, "Yeah," and she's like, "Oh, I would have come and watch it with you," because she very specifically didn't watch any of the Hunger Game movies with us because she doesn't like anything to do with like war or whatever, you know. Um, but you know, she would have she would have gone out of her way to watch Jack Frost with me. That that tells you everything you need to know about how I grew up. <laughs> wow. Um. That my my history with this film is very similar to Alexis's. I saw it. I'm gonna guess once when I was very young. I don't. I really didn't remember anything about this film at all, except I remember uh, Jack Frost once he is a snowman giving me the big ick as a kid. I just remember not liking it, <laughs> and uh, that still stands. Um, <laughs> with uh, with the rewatch, I have to say that uh, Jim Henson and Co did a great job of giving me nightmare fuel. Um, I do have to say, this is a good movie to like get get the snowball rolling on Curse Christmas. Because th- this is, I'm sorry, this is a horror film. This is a horror movie <laughs> that is v- given through the lens of a family comedy. There is a lot of there is a lot of like weird gaslighting of his son going on for a period of time. Um, But I would like to state I had never seen this movie before. I'm mad that I watched it. I'm mad that Mick made me watch it. I'm mad at him. Um, (laughs) It's a good thing we're recording this episode separate because I I would smack him upside the head because this movie sucks. It sucks shit. It sucks so bad. It sucks at the beginning. It sucks during the middle. It sucks at the end. This movie sucks. It takes... Weirdly, I was actually relieved to see the devilish nightmare snowman uh, because it takes like four minutes yeah, of it's an almost, hour and 40 minute movie it's to get to through. this fucking evil snowman. Uh, yeah, this movie wastes so much time on his terrible... Ba- uh, Alexis, uh, that's an insane take that you gave. That's a fucking insane... You're you're out here on the cutting edge of having takes. What? Uh, <laughs> I didn't say that I loved the movie, just that I loved the opening song, that's in a way. Crazy. That's crazy! That's the crazy <laughs> part. <laughs> No, I swear to God, guys, I was so tired and I started watching this movie and I was just like, God, and I normally hate Christmas. I normally hate Christmas songs, but you know what? There's just something about this version that I'm like, you know what? I think I'm okay with it. Wow. Yeah, no, when this movie opened, I was like, I, I said out loud, I went, oh, no. Like when it opens, because I had completely forgotten that he's like a musician, which is a very Mm -hmm. odd choice. There's a lot of odd choices. Exactly. There's so many odd choices in this film. Um, Like here's here's my main complaint with this movie, to which there are many. But here's a dad and, you know, he's trying his best and he ends up dying. Fast forward a year. He becomes a snowman magically like there's no explanation for why he comes back as a snowman except because yeah, he blew it's a into magic the harmonica. Har- yeah, it's a magic harmonica. OK, it's a it's a magic harmonica. The sure. harmonica's magic. That one guy gave it to him. And did you even watch this movie? His dad. Immediately, immediately. Jack Frost, he looks at him. He looks at his reflection in the in the window and he's like, oh, my God. Like, you know, he's panicking. Rightfully so. Why the hell am I like a snowman? And then that goes away immediately. 
And the rest of the movie, he's just trying to help his son, like, have snowball fights and win at hockey. Like, they, this movie could have so... I enjoyed the hockey. I enjoyed the hockey aspect of this this, this movie would have worked so much better if Jack Frost was just kind of like this mythical being that just kind of, like, helped out this child. But having him be the dad... It's his dad, Jack Frost, which is their actual name. He completely, like, surrenders, like, all of his true motivation of, like, oh, my God, I'm a snowman. Like, we have to we have to fix this. What is this? None of that happens. They're just skiing. They're snowboarding. They're having a good time. And I just, I don't buy any of it. What, you guys... You guys don't love the two giant fucking snowballs that took out those two children? Those killed those kids. Yeah, those are those are dead <laughs> I kids. I know. That's what I'm saying. I watched that and I was like, "There's no way they weren't murdered by the sheer force of those snowballs." <laughs> no, I was like, "This snowman like is a killer." Splattered. Is this the film of the snowman? There's a killer snowman. But he wasn't on the, the loose. one. He wasn't the one who who tossed those ones. It was supposedly the kids. They're the ones who were rolling these giant snowballs down. I gotta be honest, I was fucking pretty drunk. That was the least I was believable pretty part. Drunk when I watched this movie. Uh, You're what? I was pretty drunk watching Which, this movie. I feel like that's the way to watch this film. Yeah, like, except everyone Yeah, except everyone else had fallen asleep. <laughs> Uh, Sloan was sleeping on the couch and I was like, I'm alone in here's this. The thing. I'm alone. Here's the thing, guys. Do you know how many like Hallmark style Christmas movies I've had to endure in my almost three decades of being alive? By the way, happy birthday. Like, this will be coming oh, out yeah. after your birthday. Happy birthday, Alexis. Happy birthday, this will Alexis. Come out after my birthday, but thank you. Yeah. Yeah, no, you, you uh, I feel like my capacity, my capacity for Christmas movies, my capacity for Christmas is pretty low, but my capacity for Christmas movies is pretty high. Um, I don't know. You know, it's funny you say that, Alexis, because as I was watching this, I was like, if this was made today, this would just the story is 1000 percent a Hallmark or direct to Netflix Christmas film. Like, yeah. like when, like, uh, when Kelly Preston goes to the hardware store where Robert Baratheon is there working, the British pianist, he's, he says something that is straight out of one of those Netflix Christmas films, which is like, oh, hey, you're finally here to get your Christmas light, aren't you? Like, that line <laughs> bugged me. I'm like, is, I, everything is Christmas. Like, uh, yeah, no, the maybe, whole world maybe my sink is broken. Christmas. Maybe I'm coming in to get some pipe. I'm not no, here for Christmas, Christmas lights. Oh. No, it's Christmas time. You can um, only you can only buy Christmas items. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I'll be honest though. Oh, go ahead. I actually think that the only thing that really holds this movie together is Kelly Preston. She for for being in this movie, she's really she's really she's really sending the emotion of being a mom and a widow. <laughs> yeah, you know uh, what. I, I'll I'll sign off on Kelly Preston kind of being a, a shining light in this movie. She's to me, she was the only person who felt like kind of like a human being. Um, yeah, she does. She <laughs> she does what she can with what little she is given. Yeah, I mean, the dad's definitely like more like a caricature of like a musician, you know. Um, He's more like a caricature of a snowman. 
Because he's a snowman. He is a snowman. His name is literally... Guys, I, remember when he becomes a snowman and his name is Jack Frost? And he's like, I, Jack Frost, what are the odds? And I'm like, someone wrote this! Yeah. Someone named you Jack Frost and wrote this to turn you into a snowman. I'm I, so angry. I laugh so <laughs> hard so when mad. he appears outside with his snowman hat on. Like, he, like Michael Keaton, a human being, is wearing a top hat... That you see on a snowman, I laughed so hard. It's a, it's literally, a pork pie hat. Oh. Yeah, my my dad oh. was. I present. own a pork pie hat. Of do course you? you do. You like harmonicas. They, they come together. Pork pie Alexis, hats and harmonicas are not sold separately. You're gonna turn into a snowman. <laughs> oh my god. Um, no, I watched. The, my my dad was here for the first couple minutes of this movie, and the first thing he said was, "Nice hat, Michael Keaton." Yeah, I know for real. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh my God. Uh, yeah, the I believe the exact line he says about being named Jack Frost. He's like, guy, turn a guy named Jack Frost into a snowman. That's not even clever. And I'm like, it's fucking not. You're yeah. right. That's not clever. Fuck you. I I'm have mad. to. So when I when I was starting the film, I was realizing quite quickly that oh, this is a bad movie. This is going to be a bad movie. But you weren't but, jamming along thank, with his their rendition of Frosty the Snowman I, like Alexis I, was. I had this thought of well, I at stand least, by that take. At least what makes this watchable? <laughs> at least what makes this watchable is Michael Keaton. Like he is why I'm sticking around. But then as soon as I had that thought, he dies, and now he's doing this. Awful. I'm gonna say it, Michael Keaton gives a bad voice performance. Oh yeah, he doesn't give a shit. No, That's he does why not give he a did shit. This movie. He's not even really <laughs> in the movie. Like once you're 40 minutes in, which is so much, way, 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 way too much setup. We get it. It's fine. But I have to. I have to wonder why did Michael Keaton do this film? Do we have any theories? Because I have a theory. I have a theory. What's your theory? Might be the same money. theory. Money, well, money, was, money, money, money. I was also, gonna say that. Okay, no, I have, I have, I actually have a full thing that I wrote down. Okay. <laughs> I think. Uh, so my last note in my weirdly long page of notes for this movie, um, which I feel like are mostly like only tangentially related, which tells you how much this sucked. Um, but my final note is. What a phenomenal waste of Michael Keaton. Why did he do this? There are better ways to get to sing in a movie. Mm. <laughs> I think he wanted to like, I think it's the like old adage of like all actors want to be musicians. All musicians want to be actors. Um, I think that like he wanted to be in a band and they were like, you can be in a band in this movie and you don't even have to be in it for very long. And he was like, cool, I'm going to be a cool guy. Uh, and then he wasn't. I think that's what happened. I, I that's possible. I mean, my my theory is that this is this is a Warner Brothers film. So I wonder if he was contractually obligated after doing the Batman movies, which were also Warner Brothers. If if he somehow was dipped into a contract where you have to do so many movies for our studio, they finish the Batman ones and like, well, you still have to do one more, and they give him this. Yeah. Maybe That's, and he didn't. He was he was signed on initially for Batman Forever, but ultimately didn't do it because he didn't like the direction that movie was going. 
That could be it. So, it could be that he dropped out of that. They're like, well, you still have to give us one more thing. It's like, can I play the harmonica and have a cool hat? And they're like, uh, well, you can have the harmonica. And you can have a hat. You can have a hat. Um, uh, you know what's Alexis, crazy? where's your pork pie hat? Yeah, Alexis, you should put on your can pork I pie hat it? for this. Can I see it? Uh, can we post it? Wait. Look, she's you getting know it. We, oh, she's, she's going to get it right it. now. Audience, she's actually listeners, getting the pork this, is, pie hat. this is a visual medium, and I can't wait to see it. Um, okay. Um, I have a... <laughs> Confession corner. Okay. Confession corner. Go for it. I own two pork pie hats. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Follow up question is why? Why do you own two pork pie hats for the gifts? Oh my god. You were okay, a jazz so here's, cat. Here's 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 the deal. Here's the deal. Is that I originally got this green one. I can't hear you anymore because I got to put this hat on. But I originally got this green one. <laughs> and I really liked the green one, you know? I just, because, you know, uh, like Ducky from Pretty in Pink, that was kind of the motivation. <laughs> and then uh, I was like, when am I going to really ever wear a green pork pie hat? So then I also bought one in black um because you can I have two that's a thing you can you <laughs> can tie more really like outfits <laughs> together with a black pork pie hat than you can with a green one i'll give you that okay well what? uh mick was saying Wait, that you, can, you, say, you mick? can tie I didn't hear more you. you can tie more outfits together with a black pork pie hat than with a green yeah. one that makes sense uh, why yeah. you would get so, two. well audience don't yeah. worry i just snapped a little <laughs> screenshot of that so that'll go on the that's great <laughs> Film majors pod. I know what I have to do, Mick. Yes, I know what that's I. That's the poster. That's the poster right there. <laughs> yeah, Alexis, you'll have to snap another picture of you in the pork pie hat, yeah. so we can edit we you have our Jack, Jack Frost. Frost that's so funny. Uh, um, fuck. Yeah. Again, I really think that. Uh, Oh, yeah, I didn't like having to see snowman Michael Keaton contemplate having tits. I thought that yeah. was bad. Yeah, that was an um, interesting gag. That was a bad and then bit. he And then he made it into a mono boob. Yes. Uh, yeah, he did for a second. Um, I didn't like hear him saying, uh, that's the coldest wedgie I ever had. That's the most depressing fucking <laughs> shit in the world. This man has a like like an Academy Award for producing Spotlight. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, just, uh, I was thinking about that. Hey, guys, this is our second Michael Keaton movie. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Fuck. We are covering the spectrum here. Um, I will say, okay, here's the one thing that I'm going to say for Jack Frost. I do kind of miss when even dog shit terrible movies looked like movies. Because uh, mm -hmm. while this movie sucks, it's shot on like real locations. Uh, yeah. You know, nowadays this would all be like fucking shot on like a, in front of a green screen or the volume or something. Uh, it would all be lit fucking flatly as shit and shot on digital um so you know i long for the real days of I, the, the the good old days of real cinema like jack frost i have a complaint to lodge against this movie uh go ahead that's that's, that's kind what of we're doing here, here. <laughs> okay 
So my complaint is that the kid who is a bully who spends the entire movie bullying this young boy. I know. Okay. (laughs) At the very end, the guy's like, the, the little boy's like, can you help me get this snowman in here? And then the kid finds out, oh shit, the snowman's real. I fucking knew it. And then he's like, fuck you. I don't want to help you because I'm a bully. And then he's like, come on, man. You know what it's like to not have a dad. And then he's like, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, it does suck. And then he helps him. No, then he, no, no, um, no. Then he says, Snow Dad is better than no, no dad. dad. Yes, he does. Snow Dad is better than no that dad. That should have been I'm the tagline of this poster. That should have Snow been the Dad is better than no dad. Yeah. Well, um, first of all, least believable part of the movie. I would rather believe that Michael Keaton comes back as a snowman than for a, what, 13 year old bully to suddenly have the emotional capacity to be like, yeah, you're right. Not having a father sucks, even though, you know, mine actually left, you know, before I was born, you know, but it, you know, and yours died, you know, totally different, but the same. And I totally get you. That is not believable. That is a quick arc. Don't change that fast. Yeah, that that's not believable, but I'm still gonna say it's more believable than any fucking record label wanting to sign to Jack Frost and his band. And you need to play for us on Christmas Day. Yeah. At the party in Aspen. Yeah, that's the I'm like, I'm sorry, who booked that? Somebody's getting fired. Yeah, no. Whoever booked them for the party in Aspen is getting fired. No one in the entertainment business works on Christmas. That never happens. Like, it is always. December is always, like, financially hard for me because no one's working. Like, you know? Doesn't happen. Yeah, it's Everyone takes a whole week off. How do we get yeah. him to be on the like road the, alone two weeks off. on Christmas? How do we do it? Oh, well, he's booked for a gig. That's right. We'll do that. Yeah, it's so lazy. Also, yeah, that, Alexis, like- that kid is such a bad actor. The one you're talking about, the bully. Both the kids are bad actors. Oh, but yeah, the bully just, is, the bully oh, is, is dreadful. really, really cringe. Um, the fucking little girl, she's like, actually, I think you should come back to the hockey team. She was at least kind of cute. All oh, right. Let's not. Like, uh, let's let's move on from that. <laughs> not like that, you fucking weirdo. She's a cute little kid. Don't be a fucking sicko. Okay, first of all, I didn't I didn't immediately go there, but Mick, Mick immediately did. went there yeah, and that skewed my brain yeah. in that direction. No, Alexis, Alexis I saw you. Him. Alexis, I saw you make a face immediately. Let's be honest. That was a weird thing to say. <laughs> no, she was at least kind of sweet. I don't know. I'm fucking clinging, clinging to anything in this movie. Okay, well, if we're, gonna, if we're gonna rate their acting on that, I'm gonna say that I liked the bully's hair, even though it was there weird. We go. There's it's something. Like, There's no, something. His hair was awful. It is indicative of the time. And the times it is a were time awful. specific hairstyle and i low-key love that look i did make a note that you know that these bullies are cool (laughs) because one of them has goggles and an age-appropriate snack in his mouth did you notice how when uh, it was like a like a jerky stick or something that he Mm. like had in his mouth as though it were a cigarette um 
it's I did not notice that part, but I did notice the goggles, and I've always thought that goggles were cool. So I think because of like rocket power from back in the day. All right. Do you nice. remember that? It was like a it was like a cartoon TV show about kids skateboarding. No, no, I never saw that. No, losers. Before Fucking my time. Losers. Before my time. Um. <laughs> Fuck you, Zach. <laughs> Fuck you, Zach. I know for a fact that shit didn't come out till the two thousands. You dickwad. <laughs> well, you, you, you were like what, four didn't years have old, cable. four or five years old. Something like that. Oh my god, that's awful. So fine, uh, it's fine, guys. You know what's cr- you know what's really crazy about this movie? Does anyone want to take a wild guess as to what the budget was on this film? Five hundred thousand. Okay, five hundred thousand. Uh, that's I'm pretty gonna, low. Okay, I'm gonna say this was a okay nineteen ninety eight dollars. Yeah. Um. I'll go with a healthy forty million. Okay, so we have Alexis. Do you want to? You want to stick with five hundred thousand? Fine, I'll go with five million. Okay, so we have five million and forty million. Are you ready? This is what the budget was of Jack Frost, nineteen ninety eight. In nineteen ninety eight, okay. money eighty five million dollars. Oh my god! How much of that went to Kevin? How much of that went, went to, to Kevin Costner? I'm not sure. Probably I bet, a lot. Like most of that went to Michael Keaton. It has to. We, honestly, I was like, where? Where did the money go? Because do you remember in the scene where Jack Frost is, is teaching? They're, they're going through like a, a sports montage of teaching him how to score a goal in hockey on that little pond. Sure. And yeah. that was the worst set I think I've ever seen. That awful, awful sculpted, chiseled rock wall and the awful snow in the tree that's one of the worst sets i've ever seen and i'm just beside myself is how the hell they managed to shoot this for that much money there's not even that much cgi in it it's yeah i mean i guess the like henson like big snowman puppeteered thing probably cost some money but it didn't cost 85 mil i would guess it's because they shot on location maybe in some of this stuff so 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 if in 1998 (laughs) you made a movie for 85 mil then today that same movie would cost a hundred and roughly 160 million dollars are you serious that's what the inflation calculator is telling me. Good God. That really puts it into perspective. <laughs> yeah, I, I was shocked when I found out the budget was what it was. They could, they <laughs> you know, you know, I have no words. There's nothing left. The creator, the sci-fi film that came out this year, the creator cost like 80 million in today's money. Yeah. Which would be what back then? Like 35? Yeah, 40? like 35, 40, something like that. Oh. Yeah. Is, it, is, this, is this shot on film? Yeah, well, yeah it's it to be. They weren't shooting on digital in 1998. Yeah. So it's automatically just more expensive like to shoot it, right? No, because back then everything was shooting on film, so it's not like it was more expensive. Yeah, film, yeah, film wasn't expensive in the same way it is now. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, the first movie shot on digital, the first feature film, wasn't that 28 Days Later? 
Um, I don't know. No, I think Collateral came out before that. Um, Did it? I mean, I think so. Huh. Oh wait. Oh, twenty-eight days. Why am I 2004? thinking of? Why am I thinking of one hundred twenty-seven hours? Um, yeah, it might have been twenty-eight days no later. Idea. It might have been because uh, they're both <laughs> Danny Boyle. Uh, but sure. it might have been. Um, I mean, Blair Witch probably shot digital, but oh, like that, yeah, it might have been Blair Witch. Okay, yeah. Um, I don't know. See, these are the things you have to talk about when you're talking about Jack Frost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what's I, interesting? I gotta be honest. I gotta be honest about this movie. Like, it is cursed, but I don't think it's making that many interesting decisions. And I'm, you know, not to sing the praises of the, uh, you know, what I'm gonna be talking about, but I think there are interesting yeah. choices being made in, uh, you know, the what I'll be talking about later. Yeah, no, I, I, I do agree with that. When when I was watching this movie, I, again, I was like, oh no, is this just gonna be like a boring film? Like a bad, boring film. Like I knew it was going to be bad, but I will agree that it, it is cursed. Uh, the Jack Frost stuff really freaks me out. I don't like. Yeah, it's I fucked. Don't it's like fucked. His face. I don't like it. But it, there's, it's not cursed. It's so funny. Enough. I was like, oh, snowman. <laughs> Alexis, you are. There's something wrong with you. Alexis, because you are Alexis, a snowman. Alexis is so twisted that the her cursed Christmas is just Christmas. Christmas. I know. Like I love. <laughs> Finish that thought. Yeah. Finish that I, thought. I, you know, almost every single movie that we're going to cover, I, except for the one that I haven't seen, like I, I genuinely like. I'm like, oh, I, I think of Christmas movies. I like those ones more. Than most of the other ones, like <laughs> you're a bad guy. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> fucking a Mick, so strange. You, did you have something? Were you saying something? Uh, yes. Um, the year before this came out, there was another movie called Jack Frost that was oh, yeah, released. I saw this. That I think is a horror film. Yeah, I th for, and when you initially brought this up, for some reason I thought those two movies were the same movie. It's probably because the snowman in this looks so fucked up. Yeah, huh. I kind of, I kind of want to watch the nineteen ninety seven one uh, because first of all, the snowman looks like way better. It's like it's like <laughs> less creepy, but it's like yeah. Why why why, why didn't they why did they not give him a carrot nose? What's with the cork nose? Like that, I don't like that. I was hung I up know. the whole time on that movie. Why? Why he does not have a carrot for a nose? It's ridiculous. You know, what's my favorite Jack Frost though? What's your favorite Jack? Yeah, who's our favorite cinematic Jack Frost? My favorite Jack Frost is the one from the what is it Rankin and Bass, whatever the stop motion ones. It's like a four. It's like a forty minute movie. And it's about Jack Frost seeing a beautiful girl. And then he it's not a great movie, I'll be honest. But he comes down. He Sounds decides he wants this girl. He wants his girl, this girl as his like to love her or whatever. So he gets the God or whoever to turn him into a human. But it's only temporary. And he has to get a home, a job and a wife before a certain time period. Otherwise, he'll turn back into Jack Frost, who's in charge of, you know, making certain the seasons change and shit. But then there's the Kublai Khan, 
in the mountains, which is kind of, you know, now that I'm older, I think it's a little racist. Um, <laughs> oh, it's definitely racist. But, yeah. Yeah. But uh, there's the, there's then the songs kind of suck in the movie, but there's also a groundhog. And this is like a groundhog origin story, too, of like why the groundhog comes out. And yeah, none of this makes sense. And I love that. I am so confused. Is this <laughs> the song? Is exactly. this the one that's got the song that's like, I'm Mr. White Christmas. No. I'm Mr. No. That's that's Snow Miser and Heat Miser from. Okay. I yeah. Think, Sorry, I'm which getting one the year without a Santa Claus. Right, 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 right. The, uh, that's the movie I really like growing up from those like kind of stop motion puppet films. I had not seen I mean, the I Jack love Frost Rudolph. one. Until you showed that to me last Christmas. Yeah, I'd say it's like a it's one of the weaker stop motion yeah. movies, but it's one of I love the whole I just love the little song that they do where they're all really they're all dirt poor, right? They're all in the house together and they all are pretending like this box that's empty is for a their perfect Christmas present and they're all passing it around the table and singing about like, oh, I've never I never knew, I never thought that I would get the thing that I wanted the most, you know? And it's, like, precious. I don't know. I like it. Well, that sounds like a better movie than this. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't like how Michael Keaton comes back as, like, a Jedi ghost at the end. Uh, that, that CGI looks really bad. It looks really bad. I mean, at least Michael Caine, like, he, he's, or Michael Caine, Michael Keaton, he's emoting. Like he's he he's getting yeah. some tears going, but my question I, I like to maybe it's a foolhardy thing to question the logic of a movie like this or lack thereof, but if he could yeah. appear as his human form, which is proven at the end of the film, why no, did he come? Only, why did he come back as a snowman? He could have just come only, back. That that can only happen when he's ascending to to snowman heaven. Okay. Or hell. Exactly. Wait, so you know why? Hard. Because so he literally snowman. tells his son, like, you have to let me go. And his and him being let go is so that he's no longer tethered to the earth in a corporeal uh, presence. Yeah, he has to go to snowman hell. He yeah, has now been able is, to separate from the snowman, snowman and be a spirit before he leaves. If he's going to snowman heaven, then why does he turn back into a person before he goes there? I don't know. Who gives a shit? Fuck you. I like Alexis's explanation. <laughs> because we need a visual representation. Fuck off. The movie's I, I guess I could have just done his like voice in the wind or some shit. Uh, but how would we get Michael Keaton saying, Gabby, you look great? Uh, <laughs> yeah, he needs to sing. This is another thing about this movie. This movie I hate that fucking song that he sings. It's so fucking cringe. The, that whole little thing with his every, wife. She's like, sing me a smile. Every song in this movie has like such a fucking like boneheadedly literal connection to what's happening on screen. I hate it. Yeah. Like every song on the soundtrack is like, this song is going to explain what's literally happening on screen. Like even when they do a fucking landslide, it's like, Oh, did you know that this guy got killed in the snow? Uh, oh man. Just. Oh, is that why they chose that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh, Stevie Nicks. I love Stevie Nicks. We're making connections first. here. We're making connections. <laughs> that was my first reaction. And then the more I listened, I was like, man, fuck you guys. That's so um, funny. 
But you know what? <laughs> Listen, here's what I'll say for this movie. You know, $85 million budget, some of that went to crew, and those crew people were probably working hard. So good job, you guys. You you did it. I'm really disappointed that Jack Frost, as a snowman, did not play with his band one last time. I was really waiting for that scene where his bandmates show up, hand him his harmonica, and go, take it away, Jack. The snowman jamming. The snowman jamming, yeah. yeah. How did we not get this? (laughs) Okay, question, guys. If I had made this film, that's the only change I would have made. Would you rather get paid shit to work on a really good movie or get paid really fucking well to work on a shit movie? Oh, get paid really well in a shit film. Absolutely. Yeah, I can make a good mo- <laughs> I can make a good movie later. I'll, yeah. I'll get paid. I'll yeah, get paid money. Money to work on a yeah, shit movie. <laughs> um, I don't know. How good's, how good's the movie? Uh, <laughs> if, it, if it's like, a, I don't know. I don't know. No, I'd probably rather get paid well. Uh, yeah, because then you could say, like, I made Dad, a lot Daddy's... of money working on Jack Frost. Have you seen Jack Frost? <laughs> <laughs> Daddy's got to eat. Yeah. Uh, True. All right. Well, I think that's fucking as good a place to wrap up as any. I have a lot of notes I on this so. movie, should... but they're all, like, kind of my mind wandering. Um Let's see. I wrote like, uh, what does Jack's wife do? How do they afford this house? Um, you know, that's really that's really the sign that your brain is like not on the action in the film. Um, how is this child going to get off of this mountain? If he dies, will he become a snowman too? Um, Jack Frost too. <laughs> two Jack, two Frost. Two Jack, two Frost, <laughs> starring Dolph Lundgren. Uh, I didn't like how uh, one of the first things Michael Keaton snowman did was look down to see if he had a cock. Yeah, Um, although that is what I would do. Um, It's not family friendly. No, you know, Alexis, when you said he's an anatomically correct snowman, I was expecting a snowcock, but they very quickly get rid of that. When did I say that? The last episode, you're like, oh yeah, that's right. He plays kind of like an anatomically correct snowman, which you're kind of right, like with the cheekbones no, and shit. No, I said an anthropomorphic. Anthropomorphic, yeah. Oh, I thought you said anatomically correct, so I was waiting for the no, snow buddy, that's no. all you. Very that's quickly. All you. They knew I was waiting for it because they got that out of the way very quickly. Like, no, Mick, all this right. is not here. All right. They knew Mick had questions. Okay. All right. I want to go enjoy my holiday and get out of Jack Frost. I enjoyed <laughs> I that. I need to go to the gym. I want to be freed of Jack Frost. So, uh, if you want to fucking suffer through this movie, you can watch it on Max. But we're done with it, Mick. This was a highly cursed film. Good pick. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Where are we going next, folks? Where Where's this cursed sleigh ride taking us next, Alexis? Where are you taking us? Yeah. Yeah, I thought long, not very long, and hard, very yeah, hard, yeah, about um, <laughs> about this movie choice because, you know, if anything, I love many Chris Christmas movies. There were some good options. I did throw them in our group chat, and I thought to myself... What would be the best way to make Mick suffer, but me still enjoy myself? <laughs> so 
We're not going with what I think Zach would hope we're going with. <laughs> Listen, that's a double-edged Weird. sword. That's a double-edged sword. Yeah, you would also um, fall on that sword, Zach. That's why I was impressed. I was like, yeah. Zach, really? You yeah, want me I'm to will- suffer that bad I'm, to suffer I'm through so it yourself? I'm so willing to do some mutually assured destruction, but uh, Alexis, please. Uh, we're going to do How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is it 2002? Something uh, like that. Le- let me look it up, but this is a a Ron Howard film Ron starring Howard. Mr. Oh, Jim yeah. Carrey and Jeffrey Tambor. Uh, oh, that's uh, right. It's a two thousand film. Google. Yeah, two thousand. Yeah, okay. it's pre nine eleven. Um, there you go. So yeah, that's, uh, that's a time that I know well because I'm fucking ancient. <laughs> apparently, you're so broken. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But hey, I'll I was alive. I've, I was alive when both of these movies came out because I assume Jack Jack Frost so had to, Jack Frost had to have been Wait, a winter release. When, when were you uh, born, oh, Jack? Sure. Are you ninety seven? Octo- October nine ninety eight. Me oh, and Jack Frost are the same age. How do you not know that? Even I know that. Yeah, make your best friend. You were I the same say, age as Balto. I'm the same age as Jack Frost. Wait, so Alexis, what are you the same age as? What's a what's a Lion King? Oh, okay. that's pretty good. <laughs> I actually might be a little I might be a little younger than the Lion King because I'm sure that the Lion King came out probably during the summer. Yeah, I'm roughly the same age as Blade. That's a good I, 1998 movie. I am the exact same age as Braveheart because that movie was released the day I was born. Wow. I think I'm returning to the next episode with the, the actual movie that I am the oldest of. So I'm going to do a little research. I'm going to get back to you. Yeah, right. yeah, that's fun. Zach, do the same thing. See if there's a movie that came out the day you were released. I'm almost positive that the movie Ants. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost positive that the movie Ants directed by Woody we Allen. We had the same release day. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I don't know why Ants, I said it that way, but I'm glad I did. Ants and Zach were both released on the same day, I think. Um, Ants? But Ants. Really? Um, Woody Allen's Ants? I think so. I think so. That's a weirdly um, good movie, actually. Never that seen it. A, it G- is actually Gene Hackman, Christopher well, Walken. Always, yeah. Mick, you're always talking yeah. about, you know, how Woody Allen is your your man and how he did nothing wrong. So, you know, that uh, that tracks. Um, but, you know, For the we're record, not talking I about Ants. Do not we're say not that. talking about Ants. Mick always says it. He <laughs> won't admit it on everybody. Always I'm says just saying Annie um, Hall is a good movie. He's always saying it. He's always saying it. Um, so... Yes, we will be talking about How the Grinch Stole Christmas. It's a 2000 film directed by Ron Howard. Uh, You can rent it wherever you rent your movies. It is currently not streaming on anything. And I, for one, can't wait to watch it. I've got it on VHS. I have it on DVD. There you go. (laughs) I've got it in the classic uh, plastic green VHS box. Um, Me too. Hell yeah. So, yeah, that's where you can find that movie. And if you (laughs) want to find us, the film majors, tell us what are your holiday plans? What are you? What do you want for Christmas? Uh, you can email us at filmmagerspod at gmail.com, or you can follow us on social media at filmmagerspod on Instagram, threads, uh, Blue Sky, and TikTok. And uh, make sure you check that Instagram, because you'll get to see Alexis in her pork pie hat. Oh, yeah. Uh, look for that. And Alexis, I have to say, thank you so much for not choosing 2022 Spirited, starring Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell. <laughs> that was the other option, listeners. Uh, here's the thing, is that... I'm willing to make you guys suffer, but I'm well, not course. willing to make myself suffer. Yeah, because, yeah, because I you're don't a, love. You're a grounded person, unlike Zach. 
You have you have <laughs> boundaries. You have healthy Some boundaries. Men, Zach. Some I, men I have, looking yeah, for I'm in therapy. Logical. I have healthy boundaries that I like to set, and I also don't love most newer Will Ferrell comedies. Yeah. So, um, I love Ryan Reynolds though. Um, I almost chose just friends just to make you guys suffer, but it's fine. I I chose How the Grinch. Wait, which one is just friends? A lot of joy. Is that the Ryan Reynolds one where he plays a serial killer during Christmas? No, it's the one where he plays um a very he plays a okay. I'm about to be very non PC, but he plays a very large person who uh eventually gets like really hot. And becomes like a major guy at a record label. And then he goes back to his hometown and is like, ha ha ha, I'm hot. And is trying to be a dick to the girl that he used to be in love with, but is probably still in love with. Anyways, it's a, it's a, I wouldn't say it's a great movie, but it does have a very unhinged Anna Ferris in it. And I love that. And also Ryan Reynolds just gets fucked up constantly throughout this movie. So it's pretty funny. All right. Well, there's a couple of recommendations for you now. Let's get on with our holiday. We'll see you next time to discuss how the Grinch stole Christmas. See you next time. Woo.